What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Fan and Chris Talk Sports. I am Chris. I am Ben. We are here to bring you our opinions on the news notes and happenings from around the world of sports. Welcome to our first ever Saturday show as we have changed our schedule to start coming at you Saturday afternoons. We greatly appreciate you tuning in and listening or tuning in or pushing the button and downloading. It's they show my age here. All the radio shows I listened to growing up and this is that tuning in. Like, come on. Um, so Pretty much all Super Bowl today. As Super Bowl 56 will take place tomorrow evening, uh, Sunday, February 13th. And uh, we have the Super Bowl, our Super Bowl preview, our, our Pick'em pick review. Uh, the Hall of Fame inductees have been announced, as have the NFL Honors. We will get into all of that as we've discussed that throughout the season. It'll all kind of culminate today, and the next week we will just stare at each other for 45 minutes and wonder when baseball comes back. So, <laughs> uh, what do you want to get into first? Want to get into the actual game, or the Hall of Fame, or the Honors, or what do you want to go let's, with this? Let's, let's, let's clean up the uh, awards and the okay. Hall of Fame first. Let's do that. I like that. All right, so we, we as you know, throughout the year, several times, uh, we made our started off with our way too early predictions in week eight. Uh, we discussed it throughout the year, but didn't give any formal picks until the end of the season as well. Um, oh, no, excuse me, our preseason awards, and then a week eight, and then the end of season. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I don't. we don't actually keep score for this. It's just more kind of like a, a guess, although you would definitely win, I, bo- I believe, if it was up to points. Well, maybe not looking at these now, but either way, because uh, we can change them, we don't really keep score. It's just more for a, a fun kind of thing to see how close we can get. So we'll start off. With Coach of the Year, uh, I I thought for sure it would be Zach Taylor of the Bengals just because of where they were two years ago to where they were last year to where they certainly are now, and we'll all see them playing tomorrow night. Uh, but it ended up, uh, you, you picked Bill Belichick, ended up being uh, Mike Vrabel from the Titans. Certainly not a bad pick. No. Uh, team between injured receivers and Derrick Henry going down, um, he still managed to get them the number one seed in the AFC uh, after losing it and then getting it back with all the injuries they had. Uh, like I said, it wasn't my pick personally, but nothing wrong with Mike Vrabel getting this award. He's a hell of a coach and definitely the right guy down there in Tennessee. Uh, and the Titans did do a great job of, um, you know, hanging in there. It didn't end the way they wanted it to. You know, when Henry came back, it wasn't that, that, that punch in the mouth he was before he got hurt, but you really couldn't expect that with how long he'd been absent uh, was after surgery. Uh, but, very deserving a winner. A very deserving yeah. a winner. Wow. A very deserving winner. It's early, folks. I'm sitting here with my coffee in my hand. So uh so I'm <laughs> a little it's gonna take me a minute to knock the rust off. Sorry. But I, I think you have to remember, Chris, this is and if everyone doesn't know, this is these are uh voted on before the season ends. Right. So right. Anyone who's out there like, well, Zach Taylor deserves it, or or Sean McVay is like, well, you know. Mike Vrabel went through what he went through, as you just described, and got the first overall seed in yep. the AFC. So, really, he fought through it and and got his team where it needed to be. Now, obviously, didn't succeed uh, in the playoffs, and the Bengals have overcome what they had to overcome and got to the Super Bowl. So, would it have been – Zach Taylor would have been a good choice. He would have been a good choice, but – I think I think deserve it so Mike Rabel kind of put himself in that position to really put him help himself ahead of everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he was that did an outstanding job and he has ever since he got down there to Tennessee. So And if you ask Zach Taylor which one he would prefer, I'm pretty sure we know oh, who yeah. he would prefer. Yeah. Well what was that like like God, when when Brady was in New England, it was years people thought he would win the MVP. He didn't. He usually ended up playing against the person who won the MVP and the Patriots would win. And any year right. he won the MVP, the Patriots lost in the Super Bowl. So whenever he didn't win, I was always like, all right, there's a little extra motivation. I like it. All right, cool. But yeah, certainly not certainly not egregious that uh, Mike Vrabel won. So congrats to him on that. Uh, c- uh, comeback player of the year. Uh, we did not practice in the preseason because it's hard to tell who's actually going to come back before the season begins and who, who, who doesn't. Uh, I picked Dak Prescott. In week eight and end of the season, uh, you picked Joe Burrow in week eight and end of the season, and you were correct, Mr. Joe Burrow, won the comeback player of the year, deservedly so. Um, I stuck with Dak, but it's 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 very easy to very easy to see the way that team reacts when Joe Burrow 
gets going why he won that award because he really does just change the culture of that team entirely. So uh, not that nothing wrong with Dak. Dak's a fine quarterback, but uh, you're talking about a team that's faced a lot of adversity over the last decade, including some damn near winless seasons. And they get this guy in there and he makes all the difference in the world and come back after a decent start to a rookie year after tearing his ACL last season and to come back the way he has. Uh, like you said, nobody knew they were in the Super Bowl when they voted for this. It's done after the season's over. But still, um, just phenomenal finish to the season. And I'm sure that weighed heavily on this because the Cowboys are kind of going one way and the Bengals are going the other way. And that certainly, certainly weighed on the decision during the regular season. But uh, congrats to Joe Burrow. And I don't think that's going to be the last award we see him win this no. weekend. No, and, and like you said, he, he was having a, a pretty good season last year. You you saw what the Bengals could be last year because they were having these close games and they couldn't just put it together to pull them out. And it's like, wow, they're, they seem to be turning the corner. And, uh, and is this a Cardinals team that we think or a, our Browns team that we think is going to turn the corner and never really does? Or is this going to be – you know, a Bills team of a few years ago where they just – they're turning the corner and they're, they're building something towards uh, a Super Bowl run. And obviously, they have uh, – they decided to fill their team with talented wide receivers around Joe Burrow and, and has made an immense difference because that's great. You can double cover Jamar Chase all you want. You now have to deal with – uh, Tyler Boyd, you have to deal with T. Higgins. You have to deal with Joel Nixon. Um, unfortunately, their tight end went down, but the the weapons he's got available to him are just almost seem endless. And the attention a rookie is commanding on the outside in Jamar Chase just affects how everything goes. And when we get to the preview, it's going to be one of the biggest matchups we're going to see. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right, now we get into the picks that we actually did make in the preseason. We're going to start off with a defensive rookie of the year. Uh, I started in preseason by saying it would be Pay, And then week eight, I went to Michael Parson and stayed with Michael Parson through the end of season. Uh, you started off with a Browns rookie, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, switched to Asante Samuel Jr., and then saw the light with Michael Parson after the season was over. Uh, it was Mr. Michael Parson of the Dallas Cowboys with a... Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal rookie season. Apparently was unanimously decided he would be the defensive rookie of the year. <clears throat> Well-deserved, yeah. played phenomenal. Uh, you rarely saw that guy in the end of a play where he was not uh, making the play. You didn't see him as the guy giving up the play. Uh, he just, I mean, if they put the right tools around him, Dallas has the, the centerpiece for a good defense for years to come. Well, <laughs> again, we will see how that occurs because Jerry Jones might trade him for another running back. We'll, we'll, you never know what Jerry's going to do. But, um, yeah, this is the right call all the way, unanimous. I really didn't see anybody else as he pulled away that you could have given that award to instead and been like, nah, that doesn't seem right to me. And apparently uh, someone needs to pull him aside because he was one of the only people playing during the Pro Bowl. And when I mean playing, apparently he was playing like it was a real game. Uh, so there may, need, there may need to be a conversation with Micah Parsons about the Pro Bowl and how serious they take it. And that can be a discussion down the road. So I heard a lot about that during the past couple of weeks, how and on Twitter on how much of a joke that game was, but that should tell you all you need to know about Michael Parsons, how even in an exhibition meaningless game, he's going full tilt and deserve it. So they can just build everything around him. And, and, and I would like to see them have more money spent on the defense and less on offensive weapons that are useless. If I'm one of Micah Parsons' coaches, I don't neuter that beast in the least. <laughs> I do not go to him and say, 
oh, it's the Pro Bowl. Why don't you take it easy? But uh, hey, you know what? You know what? You're an animal. Go out there and be an animal. Like, uh, I, meant, I, meant that that I meant the other players. Oh, I know what you meant. I know what you meant. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. But if I'm, if I'm, if I'm his coaches or anybody in his ear, do not ever yeah. lose that intensity. That's what makes you, you do your thing. He said this Pro Bowl is a joke. Not 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 the not the players in it. Obviously, they yeah. they're well deserved talent. And I understand the fact they don't want to get hurt. There's so much money on the line. It's contracts. We as Patriot fans remember Robert Edwards years ago looked like a great young talent at the, for the Patriots yeah. at the running back position. Tore up his knee in a, in a in a meaningless exhibition. It wasn't even the actual game. It was like a volleyball beach exposition or yeah. a, a beach football exposition during Pro Bowl weekend, and it was never the same again. So I, I understand why auto players don't. But I, there is something old school about Micah Parson where he's like, I don't care. I'm going full out every single time, no matter what. If you want it to be a joke, I'm not going to be a joke. So I, even though he's a cowboy, I got a lot of respect for that. And I, he's, he's, he's an exciting player to watch, man. I, I look forward to watching him play for hopefully a long time. Okay. Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, I began... I, you know, I took the easy, easy way out here. I went Trevor Lawrence in preseason. Uh, Urban Meyer saw two of that did not happen. <laughs> uh, and then I switched to Jamar Chase in week eight. I should have stuck with Jamar Chase. However, I played the homer role and I took Mac Jones. Uh, you had Mac Jones throughout the entire process and ended up being Jamar Chase. Either, either Chase or Mac Jones could have won. And it really wasn't an argument to be made. They were both very good. Uh, I think probably the thing that made gave Chase the edge, even though it's a quarterback-driven league and they usually get majority of the credit when things go well, is he has no control over when he gets the ball. So to be able to do what he did when he doesn't throw himself the ball was pretty amazing, uh, especially as a rookie who people knew was going to be a focal point of the offense. I mean, he, he was torching defenses that were stout quality defenses. And usually the games he wasn't were games that, you know, Joe Burrow was running for his life and wasn't able to get the ball to him. And, uh, you know, Mac Jones had a great rookie season. Super excited about him in New England. I think he's the right guy for the team. Great pickup. But, you know, he had some inconsistency toward the end of the year. He didn't, he didn't really play all that great after the bye week. So, certainly not lousy. Had some respectable games. But when Jamar Chase, when it's already close... And after that, after like week 13, 14, Jamar Chase is throwing up 200 yard receiving games, and Mac Jones is throwing for a buck 35 and a pick. Chase is going to win that. So, congratulations. He certainly well deserved. And I cannot wait, cannot wait to see him against, uh, against, uh, who's going to be lined up with in the Super Bowl tomorrow night. It's going to be a lot of fun. When the defensive coordinator has to plan how they're going to cover you. And you're a rookie. Yeah. I mean, Mac Jones for what he did. And, and mm-hmm. I understand the talents of Justin Fields and, and Trevor Lawrence, but boy, as a rookie and you got to, you got to put that extra layer on it, Chris, he didn't play last year. Right. He didn't play yep. college last year. So he's knocking the rust off in the preseason. He looked bad. He's trying to get back, you know, get his bearings straight. And then all of a sudden, as the season evolves, it's all of a sudden like, yeah, the Bengals made the right pick. And, boy, uh, we'll get to it. He's going to have a tough matchup in the pro in the, in the Super Bowl um, with one of the elites in the league. And that's – it's going to be interesting, especially if they have to double cover him in the Super Bowl because that's going to be – that might be trouble for the Rams. Right. But we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to that. Oh, yeah. All right. Now, on to Defensive Player of the Year. This one this one I'm, I'm very happy about. I'm not a Steelers fan, but I am a fan of this player. Uh, and have been ever since he came into the league. Uh, preseason, week eight, end of season, I picked the same guy I've been picking for Defensive Player of the Year every time we do this for the last three seasons, and that is TJ Watt. Uh, you picked Miles Garrett the first two, preseason week eight, switched to Watt end of season. Yep. It was T.J. Watt who won, uh, deservedly so, about time. 22 and a half sacks, tied the sack record. And for anybody out there saying, well, it's 17 games, he did it in 15, 15 full games. So 
Stop that nonsense. He is the most unstoppable defensive force in this league. And he's going to be a terror for def- for offenses for quite some time. This is not his last Defensive Player of the Year award. Uh, you could see him run off. I th- honestly think he should have won the last two. This should be his third, truthfully. That's uh, my honest opinion. Uh, but, you, you know, you're going to see him easily be in a running to break off a string of like three, four in a row. He's just, th- he's that good. Uh, so, I mean, I'm glad he finally got what anybody with working eyes knew he should have gotten for a long time now. I don't need to add anything, Chris. I'm I'm letting you have this one because I know you've been kind of pounding this drum for Dude. the past few years. Yeah. And I, I want you to, you know, if, if you need any extra time on this one, <laughs> well, I appreciate it is, that. It is all yours. This guy's it's just so good. I mean, you watch him play and it's like, it's like, you know, when, when you're at the family reunion and, and the, the, the uncle is playing with all the nephews and it's like, you know, he's, of course he can bat down every pass and, 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 break up every play and it's because he's three times the size and even though Watt's not three times the size he plays that way he's just I mean I, I think there's an argument to be made pound for pound in his prime just as dangerous or more dangerous than his brother JJ and that's no slight on JJ because he was an absolute monster and someone else who I have really enjoyed watching play but TJ is just there's certain players that come in we just talked about Michael Parsons certain players who come in and you just see they're special right away. The way they carry themselves, the way they play, the way they attack the ball, the the way they just get it. And TJ is certainly one of those players. And that's one of the reasons when he was having the contract issues with the Steelers earlier in the year, I'm like, they're they're gonna make this work. They cannot let this guy walk. He's a generational talent. So congrats to him. Finally got what was coming to him and glad to see it. And it will not be his last. Okay. Offensive player of the year. Uh, and I, I, you know, I feel guilty about this because I jinxed somebody. Started off the season forgetting the Cleveland Browns or the Cleveland Browns. And I selected Nick Chubb, Offensive Player of the Year. I figured he'd run all over the place, rush for 1,600 yards, receive for a few hundred, get 12 to 15 touchdowns. And, of course, the Browns being the Browns, decided to use Kareem Hunt in a lot of situations. That should have been Chubbs. And Baker Mayfield not... Being up to par, um, for whatever reason, really hurt. He also, had, he also had an injury. That's what I mean. Up to for whatever reason, he wasn't himself. Um, it's not a knock right. on him. I the dude played through massive injury, so we always have to joke about Baker, but he he showed a lot of heart. Um, week eight, I went Derrick Henry, and end of season after I jinxed poor Derrick Henry and he got injured, I went with Jonathan Taylor. Uh, you went Josh Allen, Josh Allen, and then Jonathan Taylor at the end of the season. So naturally, it was Cooper Cup of the Rams. Of course. <laughs> of course. Um, I find it very exciting that the Offensive Rookie of the Year and the Offensive Player of the Year are both receivers in the Super Bowl tomorrow night. That's going to be something pretty <laughs> special, potentially. Uh, I mean, man led the league, triple crown of receiving, receptions, yards, and touchdowns. Uh, had one of the great receiving seasons in NFL history. I mean, like I said, could have been Taylor, could have flipped a coin, but Cup, just no matter who he was facing constantly, and he's he's done it in the playoffs too. I know it's yeah. voted on before the season ends, but this guy, even if it was still continuing, ongoing, would, would still be the winner because he's done nothing but show up in all his team's playoff games. So I, as somebody who, if anybody who's listened to this podcast for a long time knows, I'm an absolutely huge fan of uh, and have a lot of regard for this guy's ability. Very good to see, much like J.J. Watt, or excuse me, T.J. Watt. Um, a lot of fun to watch, and definitely the right pick. Yeah, I mean, I, I flipped between Allen and, and Taylor, and Taylor had a tremendous season. I think what affected him in the end was the fact that his team didn't make the playoffs. And is that 100% on him? No. He did what he could. Unfortunately, they put a quarterback in place that was insufficient. At best. As they have alluded to, without even directly saying it, that that they need to identify a quarterback. Um, but Cooper Cup, an outstanding season. And to your point about the receivers – 
it's notable that, you know, Joe Burrow and, and uh, Matthew Stafford probably had gotten some votes on uh, MVP or offensive a player of the year, but not first place. And, and that's, that's identifying the receivers as having this extraordinary talent and what they're able to do with the football after they catch it, catch and run, uh, missed tackles, ability to uh, extend drives, get first downs, get touchdowns. It's, it really speaks to, the, the talent development of these receivers and not just looking at the numbers and saying, well, that receiver got, you know, all those yards. Well, the, the quarterback must've done a lot of work. It's deep. It, it's, it's one of those instances where I'm okay with deep, deep diving into the uh, analytics and identifying the receivers making those plays uh, a la you know, CMC, Alvin Kamara, uh, Saquon, if he's fully healthy, uh, just the ability for them to take the ball and, and where they're getting on the field and just make plays and not just hand the credit over to the quarterback. Um, it's really outstanding. Absolutely. Now, on to the MVP. Uh, this was debated. Um, obviously as they all are, but you know, you went between a couple of guys who had a real shot and even some of the guys who won previous awards we mentioned, uh, be- before the season, I started, I-, I went with Justin Herbert. And even though mm-hmm. I do believe he will be a future MVP, he did not win this season. I then again, jinxed Mr. Derrick Henry. Apologies, sir. Um, <laughs> he got hurt shortly after I made that prediction. And then unfortunately end of season, I chose Aaron Rodgers. Uh, ben went with Patrick Mahomes throughout the entire way. I, to give you a lot of credit, man, until the end, of, until you saw the writing on the wall at the end of the season, you stuck with all your picks. You, with the exception of uh, Koromoa out of um, Cleveland as defensive rookie of the year, you really stuck with all your picks. Uh, yeah. didn't, didn't mean you got them all right, but at least you stuck by your guns. I, I flip flopped like a fish out of water, um, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like we're not we're not getting points or we're not getting anything for getting them right anyway. So I'm like, yeah, you know what. I was going to switch to this guy. I'm going to go to yeah. that guy. Um, but it was Aaron Rodgers who won the MVP, his fourth. Um, I guess cementing his legacy as a great regular season quarterback who stopped playing after that. So, yeah. I mean, he won. You had, you had Cup that could have got it. You had Taylor that probably wouldn't have because they didn't make the playoffs. Uh, you, of course, had Brady, who a lot of people saw as the guy somehow – Somehow, Rodgers has immense offensive talent around him in Green Bay, and he gets seemingly people just feeling sorry for him that he has no weapons which is a joke. And Brady in Tampa, you know, gets crapped on because he has less talent than Rodgers has. So, two plus two will never equal four in the eyes of NFL pundits and and, and that perspective. But it is what it is. Um, yeah. So I mean, it, it Rodgers won and. Woohoo. Hey, he won an MVP. So, you know, good for him. And even with all the, the BS, and, and it was squarely his fault, the BS um, last oh, offseason. Not Aaron Rodgers. Not Aaron Rodgers. Uh, everything, everything somebody else's fault with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> he was still able to uh, put, put up a performance uh, in a season that was MVP quality. And we'll probably speak on where he lands. Um, obviously, we won't know because it seems like whatever way the wind blows that day might be the way Aaron Rodgers goes, but it could change in a heartbeat. And yeah. It's fine. I mean, I'm not super excited about him winning the MVP. It doesn't matter. Not really, but. Uh, it is interesting that Cooper Cup did get one first place vote uh, for MVP. Mm-hmm. So, and and Tom got ten. So it wasn't unanimous, um, but I just treated it as ho hum. Like, great, he went out there, he did what he did. It's it just it, it's I'm salty because it's 
the the drama and the controversy that he caused over the offseason just it just it just salts it for me a little bit yeah and i i i, I like to speak about awards and, and and honors you know about play on the field only being on the field but with him, it's just it's different because he just consistently blames everyone else, coaches, players. It's everyone else's fault, and that's and you've you've spoken about this. It's just that's where I have issue with, and I'm hoping someone else can put a performance next year. And I think he's going to have a lot of competition next year with with Joe having the season he had, mm-hmm. Stafford having the season he had. There's just they're just going to have another season under the belt in that system. And I'm, I'm hoping, you know, Trevor can, you know, develop and I'm hoping Justin Fields and Matt Jones, Justin Herbert, like all these talented quarterbacks. And I'm hoping maybe a receiver or, to, or a running back can, you know, come to the forefront, but, you know, just having other players compete that can kind of ship away at that, that mantle. And obviously as it looks right now, Tom won't be around to compete with it. I say that as of right now, that could change, but um, I mean, good for him, but I'm looking forward to next year that maybe someone else, even Patrick Mahomes can come back and, and just light it up and, and kind of just take that mantle away from him. And he can just, at some point, just kind of slowly just go away. Yeah. <laughs> and and that would be nice. Yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome. Um, we'll, we'll see. I don't think as long as he's part of this game, he'll ever anybody forget about him, and then he'll whine about it. That's kind of his mo. So, one more, one more award mm-hmm. I didn't put down. Uh, my personal favorite award because I think it shows character and personality more than just talent on the field, which is nothing wrong with either. But this is um, this is my personal favorite award, the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Uh, last year, won by Russell Wilson. This year, I don't. I, I think this award doesn't really do repeat winners. I think that's it doesn't the seem point like it. of it. I don't see it, and I know these people who who have won. I mean, just look at the last five years. You have uh, Larry Fitzgerald, Eli Manning were co-winners in 2016. JJ Watt 2017, Chris Long 2018, Calais Campbell 2019, and Russell Wilson last year. All these gentlemen are are still huge contributors uh, in helping their community. And I'm looking at this. I don't see on this list uh, going back to 1970. Uh, yeah. You have a lot of players on this list that are known for being great community leaders. Um, and I don't see, unless I'm missing something here, I don't see one repeat. So I think it's just kind of like you win, and then you're like you're you're, you're in the club, essentially. Yeah. And then like somebody else wins it. Yeah. Um. So this year's winner was uh, Andrew Whitworth, left tackle for the Los Angeles Rams, uh, for his, you know, just contributions and and, and to the uh, you know community and leadership and pretty much every positive aspect you can you can put on a player and in in a time where we celebrate contract size and accomplishment on the field, I do love this award because it does show character and decency off the field as well. Uh, there are a lot of really good guys in the NFL who even loudmouths on the field, like Tyron Matthew, was up for this award because he's a great dude in the community and never heard any of his teammates say he was a bad teammate or anything like that. Um, so this this award is my personal favorite, aside from when I get T.J. Watt right at Defensive Player of the Year. Um, yeah, so congratulations to Mr. Whitworth, who, I memory serves me correctly, he was talking about retiring couple years ago so he's think he's, so. he's hung in there and then i believe it was right after the uh, the patriots ram super bowl he was talking about he was gonna retire and then he came back so um you know came back and still still maintained his high level of um you know leadership and and community service and all all those good high quality character things um and generally helping and being positive so Congratulations for that. So you're saying that Aaron Rodgers has a lower percentage chance of getting this award? <laughs> and I'm Look, just, I'm just. <laughs> the people that like this guy are going to defend him to the end of the earth, no matter what. 
they're gonna say he's this and he's that and he's you know and that's the same way with anybody so like you and i say we have this podcast we give our opinions we're not trying to change anybody's mind we're telling you what we think and i personally i'm sure if you knew aaron Rodgers personally he'd be a perfectly nice guy to hang out with and and, and whatever and i mean unless you're his family who he doesn't want nothing to do with um, yeah but but again I, I say that jokingly um I have no idea what the real situation is there. So I, I don't even, as much as I like to get on Rodgers for a lot of the stupid stuff he, he says and does and doesn't take blame for anything ever, uh, as far as that goes, I have family members who I don't really talk to anymore either. So I can't criticize them for that. We both we both can sympathize with that aspect of it. Right. Um. So, yeah, I mean, so only joking around about that. But, yeah, on the field – it's probably not something he's going to win because he, I don't know. He's just, he's just an odd guy. He's like, he's like the popular kid in high school. Who's just like, does the stupidest shit possible, but everybody loves him for some reason. Right. And it's like, are you all watching this guy's track record for real? Like, yeah, he does good on tests, but like, I don't know. He also likes collects the frogs after the science experiments. So, I mean, it's it's like, yeah, cool. Okay, he did really good on that project or did really good during that game, but then he does all this other weird shit too and we can understand him and he wants, he wants the attention, but he doesn't want to explain why and it's not about me, but it's all about me and it, it's like, I, I'm good. I'll, 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 I'll pay attention to other players. And when everything goes wrong, it's, it's not my fault. Mm-hmm. It's not my yeah. fault. Well... You're the guy anyway. with the ball, Aaron. You're the guy with the ball at least half the game in your hands. So yes, you want the big contract and you want all the glory. You got to take the blame too. So thirty-one other quarterbacks do that, and yet there's one that just seems to not understand how it goes. Yeah. yeah, but I'm sure if anything, you know, anything occurs, he'll just go on Pat Mac if he's showing hit softballs. So yeah, pretty much. Okay, so you also have, in addition this weekend to the awards, the NFL Hall of Fame inductees for this upcoming season. Uh, we have uh, Cliff Branch, Art McNally, yep. Sam Mills, Coach Dick Vermeil. Right. Uh, and then the three guys we've remembered personally, as far as, as, far as I go, I mean, I, I assume you as well. We're about the same age. Yeah. Uh, Leroy Butler. Yep. Tony Baselli. And of course, somebody we remember very well, yeah, Richard Seymour, who has had not only Robert Kraft, but Bill Belichick and Tom Brady writing letters of recommendation for him, deserving to be a Hall of Famer for about what three, four years now, it seems uh, at least. Uh, so, and a tremendous player. I mean, really locked down that outside edge when he played. Um, just huge part, huge part of that Patriots defense, the early part of that dynasty. And um, somebody who, when he was traded, you know, the whole Belichick would rather trade a year earlier than two years late thing. Uh, he was traded to the Raiders. I mean, that was fans. It was kind of like when Lawyer Malloy got released. It was like, oh, dude. As a fan, you're like, that guy's just such a part of the team. It's like, that, that that's really difficult. That That's, you know, I understand it from a business standpoint. But from a, a yeah. fan standpoint, it's like, oh, that sucks. This guy's still got something in the tank. What are you doing? But. Couldn't couldn't be happier. Uh, I watched some uh, some reaction videos online. They usually do. Saw over. the one with Kraft. Yeah, yeah. That it was, was Kraft and uh, Kurt Warner um, telling Dick Vermeil, uh, and then I, f- I forgot who the guy who told. It was other Hall of Famers from the same team, people who'd been a part of like their their um, the players you know playing and development yeah. growing uh, growing up in the game. Uh, it was it was I forgot where it was, but it, it was cool. It was like Ty Law told Richard Seymour. Kurt Warner told Vic Vermeil. Um, so they had guys who've been a big part of their past, is what I'm trying to say, uh, telling them that they were going to be in a Hall of Fame. And then they had another clip of uh, Richard Seymour telling Robert Kraft he made it. And um, yeah, so that was that was very cool. It's always very cool to see that because you're, you're seeing the combination of a guy's, you know, essentially life's work. And this is like the biggest payoff they can get once they're done actually playing and making money. Is right. to be enshrined forever in Hall of Fame, and uh, so it's very, very cool. 
Uh, and I, I remember, I remember Tony Baselli pretty well, honestly, for an offensive lineman. I remember he he was uh, I think he was the um, the he first was the number one number no, one pick, pick yeah for the um... expansion Jaguars. Yep, yep. And he was, I know he had some injuries in his career, which really hampered him. But when he was on, man, he was he was a monster. I mean, you don't get picked but... first as an old lineman <laughs> to be the cornerstone of a franchise unless you got some serious talent. So and I think he was. Um... Wasn't he made available for the the Texans when they um they came into existence? Yeah, I think, but I think that was after I think a, a season or two of just not being able to get on the field because of injuries. Yeah. So, and I think I believe the Texans actually took him still. Yeah. So that, I think so. <laughs> that shows you how dominant he was when he was on his game. So that's uh. I don't know. It's, I don't have. Cool. I don't. I don't have a whole ton on this. I just wanted to. You know, I'm happy. Really happy as a Patriots fan to see Richard Seymour in there. He belongs in the Hall of Fame. Um, it's it's kind of why we we like will honor the the Hall of Fame uh, new Hall of Famers. But when it's a Patriot, it's it means a little something special because we we watched them. We've lived through the Super Bowls. Yep. Which and I'll end with this. Um. Rodney Harrison. Yeah, dude. Should be next. Dude, he's got to be next. If he's not a Hall of Famer, nobody is. I mean, seriously, come on. But one at a time. We got Richard in there. We'll go for Rodney yep. next year. And Ty's so, in, right? Oh, Ty Law's in, yeah. Ty Law's yeah. the one who uh, told Seymour he was in. Yeah, right. hey, I'm pretty so, sure Ty Law was first ballot, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. Soon enough, Rodney. Soon enough. Oh, it'll happen. It has. It has to happen. Come on. I mean, you you have got the early part of that dynasty. You have five, six members of that of that at defense. That that half of them were already there, and the other half and, and, yeah. will be there. Did Bruce, really, did I, did I no. miss? Yeah, Bruski. I don't, you, I don't know. You might you be. I don't is, know. You know what else is cool, Chris? Um, if, if if people don't know, uh, when you go into Hall of Fame for NFL, you just get a bust, and then they just put your you know the teams you were on and, and, and your, your, all your accolades. So you don't go in as one, you know, one team, unlike a certain league that, you know, gates their uh, entries and, and make sure you have to go in as one team, like uh, MLB. I, oh, I those are the like guys the, that are, aren't playing right now, right? Those are the guys that are. Yes. Yes. That's the, that's like the children. league. That's yes. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yes, that, gotcha. that league. Yep. Um, I just like the idea that you're, especially when you think of it like Tom, when he goes in, like he's, he's going to go in as Tom Brady. You know, this is what his accolades are. It's not Tom Brady to Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Cause that would be like, that would not be indicative of what his career was. Right. Right. Or Richard Seymour, who, you know, played X down of years with the Patriots and then a few more with the, the Raiders. I just like the idea that, yes, this is the teams he played for and all his accolades, but he goes in as his own person. And I think that is more indicative of what the Hall of Fame should be. And maybe, just just maybe, MLB should kind of alter some of their, their ways of thinking. Oh, I, I agree, but they're determined to just drive themselves under the ground. So, well, <laughs> I, uh, dude, I... I know we had our whole sport court thing about a year, year and a half ago, and I defended them, and I pronounced myself correct, and and the feedback we got from listeners was, you know, pretty positive, and and at least at least in the, in the Facebook comments in, in my favor. Um, but I gotta say, man, uh, I can't I can't defend this league anymore, nor will I, um. They've shown time and time again they do not learn from their mistakes, and I just I I just, I just read you this uh, a little excerpt before we uh, we started recording here that the, the part of MLB's proposal from the last meeting was they no longer pay minor leaguers during spring training because it's considered on the job training, which makes no sense in and of itself because if you go somewhere and you're training on the job you get paid for it. So I mean, that only makes sense to me. We're not even getting logic or or, or, or or reason out of these meetings anymore. And we haven't, you know, it's been two months now. And if you have to get in a room and decide 
You know, they haven't even picked the flowers they want in front of the stadium yet. <laughs> we're we're supposed to believe they're going to get a product on the field by April or or by the way care at this point. You know, well, you, we keep, have to you remember... keep turning turning your back on your fan base, which is exactly what they do every time they do this nonsense. It's only it can only only make up for it so many times. We got to remember pitchers and catchers. That's coming soon. Oh yeah. Uh um, catchers usually what like like late February or early March, isn't it? Week of February 14th, pitchers and catchers report. Yeah. But so next week. Obviously, well, like this week, Chris. This week they would they would oh, this uh, week yeah, that's right. Week. I forget it's Saturday, not Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So this week or next week, it's but that's clearly not gonna happen. Um, I know we're not trying to get on the uh, off the reels, but it's like they're talking today. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, we're not going to know by the time we're done recording. No. So it it'll be interesting. But I'll say I'll, I'll say this, and we'll, we can and you can you can say what you want, and we'll end it here. When Rob Manfred came out, I think it was yesterday, the day before, he said he's optimistic. I just I just don't buy it. I don't buy it. No. No, that guy, he's he's a fool. I love Marco Stroman calling him man clown. That is um, funny. <laughs> that was tremendous. Although realistically the players are no better. They can you have you have two sides that are pointing the fingers and which gets nothing accomplished and nothing done. And this is where we are now with this game. So it's um Yeah. Let's move on to a game where people actually play the NFL. Yeah. And tomorrow is Super Bowl 56 between the LA Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals. And if you are if you were in a coma for three years and then came out, or even two years, and came out, you might be like, oh, the Rams. Okay, I can see that. They played a couple years ago. And then the what? The Bengals? But Zach Taylor as coach, great, great, great uh, assistant coaching, uh, really good drafting, good free agent pickups, and of course you know, uh, getting their franchise quarterback have turned this team to a legitimate contender. And I'm, I'm not going to hold any suspense. I'm, I'm, I'm calling the Bengals win this game by two, by, by, by two scores tomorrow. I think they are just, you can't, they have something that you cannot teach and, and you cannot buy. And yes, you pay for free agents, and 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 yes, you you coach and everything. But every team does that, and 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 Washington, whatever they are now, does that. They draft people and they pay free agents, and they don't have this thing. Uh, a lot of teams don't. The Browns had a little bit of it over the last couple of years, but they can't really seem to get over that hump. So it's not like the Bengals do. The Bengals have chemistry, legit team chemistry. You watch Burrow. With these receivers, especially Jamar Chase this year, uh, you know he's walking in the games wearing t-shirts with his receivers on them. Uh, they're they're repping him too, and they're just they're a legit tight knit group that gives a damn about each other, gives a damn about winning. And yeah, they were ten and seven, but they're a they were the one of the better ten and seven teams I've ever seen, and they only got better as the year went on and they're only going to get better. I'd be stunned if this team stays healthy, if they have anything over five or six losses in the next half decade, just because they have put together something legitimately special in Cincinnati. This isn't, this team's not there because they're one hit wonders. This team's not there because they're lucky. This team is there because they make plays when they have to, and they're very good. And they have a young quarterback and receiving core that, are only going to get better. Let's not forget T. Higgins, only a second year. Tyler Boyd, not an old man by any stretch. Jamar Chase, obviously rookie season. Joe Burrow, second year. Zach Taylor's like 19 years old. Like, <laughs> this team is not going anywhere, and they're only going to get better. If you're a Bengals fan, get ready for a, 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 a fun, a fun at least five to seven years, I'd say minimum. And if you look at it, Chris, aside from the Super Bowl, as you're speaking about how young they are, it's like 
with that young core, that gives them the ability in not only free agency to pick who they want and, and, and give them the money they, they're looking to give them without overspending. It also gives them the ability where if they're drafting like they are, they'll be drafting late in rounds in the draft. They can identify a player and say, we want that player. Well, it's a second round player, but we want them and we want them here. Or it's a fourth round player when they're in the third round. It's like, we want that player. So we can take them because we identify that as a need uh, instead of, you know, desperately grasping at straws. We need, uh, we need a quarterback. Like this year, I, I, I said this already, it's not a great quarterback class. Mm. Obviously, we can, you know, there's always a guy that could pop, pop um, and have a great career. But it's, it's, it's truly amplified this season that them grabbing Joe Burrow when they did. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to, to piggyback on that, teams last year grabbing the quarterbacks when they did just amplifies it this year that there's just nobody. I just like what they, I like what they're building. Uh, you, you, I don't know if you saw it. Gronk came out and kind of, Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Intimated that, you know, he could go to Cincinnati and play with a guy like Joe Burrow. Cause he had, everyone thought he was going to retire as soon as Tom did and it hasn't come out yet. So it would be interesting to see him, kind of pair with a team like that who has talent up and down and give him like a, a, a veterans minimum or like a one or $2 million a year contract. It's, it's going to be, that's, what's going to start the whole thing is he's going to start attracting. He's going to do what Mahomes did. Mahomes was attracting. Mm-hmm. It's what Tom did when he went to Tampa Bay. Yep. He was attracting players who will take just a little bit less respectable salaries, but a little bit less to bring in more talent. And to really expand that roster, and it's it's taking one of these kind of years where it started out with they're coming back. He's coming back from a, a major injury. They're trying to figure it out. They're fighting in one of the toughest divisions in football, if not the toughest, which I think helped them get to this point. And then they just went on a run. And they got this guy who's got swagger up and down the field. And I was one who thought they should have taken the left tackle so well in the draft. Yep. But I understood once they took Jamar Chase, like it it does make sense because of the history between the two of them, because they had such a historic season at LSU between the two of them that it just, it did make sense. And you, you're seeing the, the fruits of their labor this year as being in the Super Bowl. I think at this point, Chris, you know how they're so young, they don't know that they should lose. Mm-hmm. I think they've gotten past that. Yes. I think they're at that point where they know they can lose and they know this opportunity is finite because you don't know if you're going to come back right. and ever play in the Super Bowl again. And I think this team is just, it's so well built Mm -hmm. and it it would help the Rams if they had woods. Uh, It looks like uh, Higby's not going to be available in the Super Bowl, but Henderson will be. Uh, If it was me and I was a Ram fan, I'd rather have Higby than, than Henderson. I just think you have enough pieces in the backfield where you can live without Henderson. I think Higby gives you more versatility more weapons for Stafford. Uh, so I would be concerned if I were the Rams. That defense, the, the defense on its own, though, by the Rams, that that is a scary team. I just think that Bengals are just going to figure it out and they're going to run up and down the field. Because how long did it take for them to figure it out against the, the Chiefs? It took a couple quarters, right? Yeah, it took it, – it, they really started seeming like they were figuring it out about halfway through the second quarter, and then they really started implementing that after halftime, their game plan, yeah. And, I, and I, you know, Jalen Ramsey's come out and said he wants to go one mano a mano with um, Jamar Chase, and I say, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. We'll see if that comes to fruition. Um, we know the super talented lockdown corners tend to trail that number one. 
but you've seen in history where some corners like to lean to one side, a la yep. Richard, Richard Sherman. Yep. What is Jalen Ramsey going to be? Is he going to be that guy that follows Jamar Chase all over the field? And how does that affect their, uh, their game plan? And what happens if Jalen Ramsey can't contain him? Do they double cover him? Because if you double him, now you're going to have problems. Because you just saw what the Chiefs did when they were doubling him. Right. They figured it out. Because Joe Burrow, I think, what was it? It was a a post game or on, somewhere on um, Twitter that he stated uh, it was a pregame, not pregame, but like a day or two before in a meeting with the, the QB coach, the OC and the head coach. You know, what happens if they double Jamar? He says, I'm going to run for like 50, 60 yards because they're just – the field's going to open up and what yep. happened? He, he was, he was mobile. He made some plays on his feet and that's advantageous that you have somebody who he's not bound by being a running quarterback, but he can, that's, you know, that's what Rogers does. That's what Russell Wilson does. That's what Patrick Mahomes does. You, you don't need to be a running quarterback, but when it's there, take the opportunity. And I think that's, It'll be interesting that first first quarter, first quarter and a half, it'll be interesting to see what transpires on defense for the for the Rams to see how they counter that prolific offense. Yep. That I I'm just I'm fairly convinced that they're not gonna be able to contain even with the tight end going down. I don't think they're going to be able to contain that. Just to make it clear, too, I, I'm not when I when I said uh, you know they're going to be for years and years to come. The Bengals are going to be a contender. I, I I mean a contender. They're going to be an exciting team to watch. I don't want anybody to think I'm 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 picking them in a Super Bowl for the next decade, or they're going to be a dynasty. I think the AFC is way way too competitive for any of that. I mean, you still have teams like uh, Tennessee who are going to be competitive for at least a few years. You have the Chargers who are only going to get better with Justin Herbert. Then you have, you know, your big boys, the Buffalo and Kansas City. Uh, who knows what New England's going to do with Mac Jones. Um, and then, obviously, Cincinnati. Um, you know, if Baker comes back better, you could have Cleveland in that mix, too. They have the defense to do it, and they have the offensive weapons. So Ravens, hey, so. Ra- Ravens, absolutely. Ravens were plagued with injuries, like few teams I've ever seen before this season. Uh, and they still were competitive most of the time. I mean, and I'm probably even forgetting a team or two. The AFC is going to be absolutely stacked, but the Bengals are going to be contenders right there in a the mix during that time, providing injuries don't take their toll. You never know. Certainly don't want to jinx anybody like Mr. Derrick Henry, who I've done before, and um, I feel bad about that because he's an awesome player, fun to watch. I know I have nothing to do with it, but still, it's a whole sports fan in me. It's like, oh, I had to mention right. it. Yep, just jinx the poor guy. Uh, but I also don't – I'd be remiss, too, if I did, we didn't talk about the Rams at all. We seem to just be kind of, you know, you know blowing sunshine to Bengals' ass here. And it's – it's obviously, there's two teams there that deserve to be there. Uh, and this is the first Super Bowl I can really remember in a long time. It's the first one that doesn't include, like, Roethlisberger, Manning, or my favorite team, the Patriots, <laughs> where it's like, I really don't care who wins. I mean, I, I, I'm, I am pulling for the Bengals. As a page, as as a fan of the Patriots, who at one time, boys and girls, were not the hated dominant team that they became, they were the lowly team trying to get over the hump, right? And as as a fan of a team that's been through that, and not even to the extreme the Bengals have, I don't think the Patriots had one or two win seasons. Certainly not when I was watching, but they had you know they were five six win seasons. They weren't really competitive. They even if they made the playoffs, they weren't going to win. Uh, as, as somebody who has a, a, a team with that history, I, I'm rooting for the Bengals. Uh, and I'd love to see Burrow, just to see Burrow get one. Even if it's the only one he ever gets, who knows? Time will tell. Just so he can go on with the rest of his career. And, and that won't be the thing people discuss as Hall of Fame worthy, not Hall of Fame worthy. On the other side, you have a guy like Matthew Stafford, who I said it before the playoffs started. Detroit is allergic to big games like the plague. So he didn't play in big games in Detroit. A big game in Detroit was like, hey, we're going to get our third win this year in week 17. And I said that he, 
as much as I liked him as a player and I thought he was a very good quarterback, had to perform in the postseason in order to get, you know, that that stigma off him of, oh, he's never played in a big game. I think he's done that. He's played very well. He's played very, very well. And I, I, I can't, you know, I have no criticisms of him. He's done what he needed to do. Um, yeah, he has an exceptionally talented receiving core. We've seen talented receivers not get the job done before because their quarterback's a schmuck. So it takes the guy throwing it and the guy catching it. And the Rams have that, certainly have that with Cooper Cup. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., I didn't expect to make much of an impact because he wasn't doing anything in Cleveland, which just proved Cleveland had no idea how to use him because he's been fine down there with, with, with the Rams. Been totally fine. But a nice addition, but a nice number two to Cooper Cup. Uh, you just wonder where this team would be, <laughs> um, you know, numbers-wise, if they still had Robert Woods. My God. Uh, you know, Van Jefferson's a nice number three. They have a solid running game. You know, they have Henderson, Sony Michelle, and um, and Cam Akers, who is a, a, a damn medical phenom, coming back from a torn ACL in about six months. That's just insane. So, I mean, none of those guys are number one studs, but the three of them together are a very nice combination. This is a, a team that absolutely could go in there and win the Super Bowl. I'm not I'm not trying to say they have no chance, but much like you, I just see this Bengals team. It's it's like it's like almost like a team of destiny. Not, not to sound cheesy or corny, but it's like they just they gotta win, right? I mean, it's like the old four Red Sox. It's like after they have that comeback against the Yankees, there's no way they lose the World Series. There's no way they have to win. They can't do all that. Like the the stars just don't line up that way. So, I mean, I think it'd just be too cruel of a joke on a, on a Bengals fan base to get, let them get here, to beat all the teams they beat to get here, and then have it be like, oh, no, by the way, you get blown out by 30 in the biggest game of the year. Right. I just don't see it happening. I, I, I honestly see this being a game where the Bengals come out and they're, 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 they're going and they're, they're up and down the field and they're scoring and the Rams might make a comeback. I honestly see this final score being like, oh God, I'd say – like 34, 21, 34, 24 Bengals. Two scores either way in the Bengals' favor. I'm going to say one score, but I'm thinking more like 35, 28. Like we're talking like seven, eight points, like one one score game. And to, to, to your point about Stafford, though, the numbers are – he had a he had a mediocre game against Arizona, where he threw for two hundred two, but he had a seventy six percent completion percentage, two touchdowns. Guys throwing one interception, and he's he threw for over three hundred yards against both the Chiefs or the not the Chiefs the uh, the Buccaneers and the Niners, and those aren't two te- two defenses to just shake a stick at. It's like right, he's. As we've talked about, um, he needed to prove himself. And more than just that game, like I said, not a great game against Arizona, not a bad game, but not a great game. He needed to show up, and he showed up against the Bucks, and he showed up against the Niners, and really just put his imprint on this postseason. So I don't think um, the Rams are going to pull it off. I think – Seven eight point win by the um the Bengals, but it's not going to be this 45 10, it's not going to be 35 to 3. This is it, it, we're going to see uh offensive showdown, I think, even though the Rams have one of the a, a collection of talent that like we saw last year with the with the Buccaneers where we've seen uh, collections of talent that have pulled into New England before. Mm. It, it's just, they got a lot of names. Uh, training for Von Miller was huge, and, and they have one of the, the best players in the past decade in, in Aaron Donald. Oh, by far best lineman in the league right now, yeah. by far. And I just I just see the, the opportunities and that – that the, the Bengals are going to have on offense, that the Rams are going to have on offense. Uh, you know, the Bengals' defense has outperformed uh, what they are. 
I just think that that the Bengals offense is just going to have just that little bit more edge. Plus, this this swag, this kid. Now, right now, we like what he's that swag he's putting on the field. And I, 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 I actually think, have to I actually have to ask you who are you talking about? Are you talking about Jamar Chase or, or Joe Burrow or anybody else on that team? Because there's more than one player on that team that just exudes confidence. I know. I'm, I'm thinking more like Joe Burrow. Okay, because he, he's kind of the face of it. But right, I agree. You know, you, you got Jamar Chase, who's equally on that same plateau of just having that swagger. Could you see in two or three years that swagger, that confidence could just eat at the the rest of the fan base? It's like everyone else has, you know. Uh, I don't think anyone's turned on Patrick Mahomes. Uh, it's just because his brother and his wife are just oh, TikTok nightmares. He seems but, so likable. Yeah. And like like a genuinely likable guy, and then you get those two donkeys who are like, just, just, just I, go away. Yeah, but you know, I can see that you know two, three, da- three years down the road, that swag that Joe Burrow and, and and Jamar Chase put out there could be seen as something like Jalen Ramsey puts out, where he is confident as all get off. He wants and he wants the Brinks truck. But that confidence has put him as the top tier, if not the top tier corner in the league. So, oh, you'll see just, it. You'll see it. People turn yeah. on everybody. It, 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 it's, it's, I was rooting against the Chiefs this year because I wanted to see the Bengals in, not because I hate, not because I hate Patrick Mahomes or anything. I mean, didn't want to see his annoying ass brother and his fiance doing more TikTok <sighs> videos, okay. but I, I, I wanted to see a different team in there. And this is yeah. coming from a fan of the Patriots who wanted them in for every, every year yeah. for the past 20 something years, they had a shot pretty much. So it, it happens. I mean, it's it's only going to be another year. The Bengals come back next year. People are going to turn on the Bengals, and they're going to yeah. want whoever 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 they're playing, even if it's a team that's won before because they didn't win this past season. That's you know, a little phrase the same the same crowd that applauds your coronation is the same crowd that applauds your beheading. Yep. So it's 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 if it's the Bengals and the Bills in the in the AFC Championship game, you already know who the. Who the 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 crowd that's not a fan of of, of one of the teams is going to root for? Right. Because yep, the the Bills are going to be seen as that. Oh, oh shucks, can we do it? You know, a little edge that could team can it get there? And we we saw it happen in New England after after O two. It's just it just every other fan base just turned on New England because yep. oh, yep. they're out there. You go, but. And that's, yeah. that's normal. I mean, it happened in, in baseball too. With teams like the Yankees, it's like you know, even as it, even teams that aren't Red Sox fans are like, God, the Yankees again. Jesus, who cares? Whoever they're playing, I want to. It's it's how it goes. I mean, it's it's yeah. not. It's just the nature of fans in general. You want to see your team or something you didn't expect, right? So, but I think it'll be a fun game regardless. And uh, I just hope that my Super Bowl squares pay off again because. I've had really, really good luck the last two or three seasons, which is nice. Well, anything else? Oh, oh, one more thing. I'm sorry. Yeah. During the NFL honors, they had when Michael Parsons won, they had a shot of his son, and he was just like a mini Michael Parsons. And holy, that was the most adorable damn thing I think I've seen football-related in a long-ass time. I don't know if you saw it. It was, it was, his son all decked out like he was. It was, it was pretty damn cute. But, um... Jerry Jones will probably try to sign him within a week, probably. I, I did, to to answer your question, no, I did not. Yeah, it was just showing like the little clips. I don't know if he was there or not. Whatever. I saw a little clip of it. I couldn't tell where they were, but because uh, some some like, obviously the Bengals weren't there. They were busy <laughs> preparing and doing other things. Um, and I did like I kind of did like uh, Joe Burrow got his comeback player of the year. Apparently, I don't know if this was just because he walked up to the podium and it was there and then walked away. Yeah. But he had all his teammates around him behind him, and he walked up and said something, and then left the trophy there and walked away. Oh, wow. And they were like, it wasn't like a disrespect to the trophy or nothing, because it was on the podium waiting for him when he got there. So it, 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 it kind of perceived as like, it's a team award, and he's leaving it there with the team, or I'm not done yet, I don't want this till it's over with. Right. I can see that. So I can see that coming from him, too. He's a competitor, so... That that was kind of cool, you know. People always have a problem with those kind of things, but I like when I like personally like when guys have a little chip on their shoulder. Like, I'm not done yet. I'll celebrate this afterwards. We got more business to take care of. So. Right, I agree. On that note, anything else? Are you good? 
I'm all set. All right. Thank you very much for listening to episode, I believe it's 157. Uh, if you have any questions on this episode, past episodes, or anything else sports related in general, Ben and I love to hear from you. And where can they get in touch with us? Well, you can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTS Pod. Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. The website, BCTSPod.com. Instagram, Ben underscore Chris Talk Sports. And if you have not done so yet and you feel so inclined, please go to wherever you download your favorite podcast and leave a rating and a review and subscribe and ask a friend to do the same. Till next time, for Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you right back here next Saturday. Thank you.